0: Thank you so very much wonderful musicians thank you for your ministry not only tonight but across the year amen well church family would you turn in your Bibles now to Genesis chapter 37 in preparation for the message Genesis chapter 37 and uh, as you're turning there I want to tell you about someone who said who said this, they said, I was going to quit all my bad habits for the new year, but then I remembered that nobody likes a quitter. (laughs) Well, I hope if any of us have a bad habit that we will determine and are determined to quit. Amen? Someone else said, "I I would lose weight for my new year's resolution. But I hate losing. Someone else said, why do you need a jeweler, a jeweler on New Year's Eve to ring in the New Year? <laughs> All right, some of you didn't appreciate those. All right. <laughs> Two of you did. All right. Genesis chapter 37. Says. So Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan, where his father had lived as a foreigner. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for, half, he worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpah. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. Isn't that sad? Verse 5. One night Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and eleven stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers, but his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. Soon after this, Joseph's brothers went to pasture their father's flocks at Shechem. When they had gone before, when they had been gone for some time, Jacob said to Joseph, Your brothers are pasturing the sheep at Shechem. Get ready and I will send you to them. I'm ready to go," Joseph replied. "Go and see your brothers and the flocks and the flocks are getting along. "Go and see how your brothers and the flocks are getting along," Jacob said. "Then come back and bring me a report. So Jacob sent him on his way, and Joseph traveled to Shechem from their home in the valley of Hebron. When he arrived there, a man from the area noticed him wandering around the countryside. "What are you looking for?" he asked. I'm looking for my brothers, Joseph replied. Do you know where they are pasturing their sheep? Yes, the man told him. They have moved on from here, but I heard them say, let's go on to Dothan. So Joseph followed the brothers to Dothan and found them there. When Joseph's brothers saw his coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father, a wild animal, has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. But when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into this empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern, and now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Then, just as they were sitting down to eat, They looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother? We'd have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver, and the traders took him to Egypt. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the story and the life of Joseph, and I pray, Lord, that you would touch our hearts and, and help us help us to be to, to be. Uh, impacted by the truths that are contained in this part of your holy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. My friends, what I wish for you are some truths that come to the surface in this part of the Bible that are so relevant to your life and mine. And the first truth I want to share with you from the passage that we just read is this. I wish for you in this new year harmony in your home. I wish for you harmony in your home. And it was good to hear someone say, Amen. When you read the story of Joseph, unfortunately, we find a lack of harmony in his home. And by harmony, I mean simply getting along well with each other, getting along well with one another. Verse 4 says, but his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. And so I want us to just think for a moment, what are some, what are some common causes of, of family problems? Well to begin with, for those of you making notes, A, we see in the story here, parental favoritism was a problem, right? Um, put your hand up if you know, I'm not talking about your own family, of course, but put, put your hand up if you know of a family over the years that, that you've been concerned about, that perhaps sometimes parental favoritism was was an, an issue. You want to put your hand up? Uh, uh-huh, quite a few hands, yes, quite a few hands. And were you the favorite one? or <laughs> don't, don't put your hand up, okay? Verse... Uh, Verse 3 tells us that Jacob, the father, tended to favor Joseph because Joseph had been born to him in an old age. Now, across the years, other parents have favored a particular child for various reasons, other reasons. Maybe because he or she was the oldest or the youngest. (laughs) Amen, sister. Um, or, Or sometimes a parent may favor a child because he or she has been the most obedient, right? How many of you were the most obedient in your family? Quite a few of you, all right, yes. Sometimes others were favored because they were maybe the cutest or the smartest or the most needy or the funniest, all right? So, as we move into the new year, parents, parents, um, (laughs) if if parental favoritism is an issue in your home, okay, stop it. Stop it. And it will help promote more harmony in your home. And for those of you who are wondering if someone was talking to me from your family, the answer is no. (laughs) Okay? But if it pertains to your family, then let's act upon that, shall we? What are are some of the other common causes of family problems? Well, we could obviously spend a lot of time on that, and we won't, but here are a few other uh, family problems that are quite common. Sometimes leaving a mess in the kitchen or in some other room drives certain family members nuts. Isn't that right? Oh, boy, I saw some hands go up, all right? Of course, you're not the one that makes the mess, it's someone else, uh, all right? Um, Or someone making notes, uh, point C, not, not putting your clothes away, not putting your clothes away can sometimes cause difficulties for other family members. Or point D, complaining about the meals or taking your sweet time to get to the dinner table. Do you know what really bugs me? (laughs) <laughs> I'll tell you whether you want to know or not. <laughs> what really bugs me is we have our grown-up kids and their spouses and the grandkids come for supper, and I often do the cooking, and I work hard to prepare a lovely meal, and I'm trying to make it so that it's hot when it's served, so I'm really sweating it out, sweating it out. Would some of you go, oh, oh. So I'm really trying to prepare a wonderful meal. I get it all ready. I get it all ready, Uncle Patrick. I get it all ready. And I say, okay, everyone, come to the table. Meal's ready. Well, the good news is my little five-year-old grandson and and almost three-year-old granddaughter, they're the first to go to the table, okay? They go to the table, but the grown-ups... I won't give you their names. (laughs) But the grown ups, they're like in slow motion, you know? I ask for everyone to come to the table, and it's like just slow motion, you know? They take 10, 15 minutes before they come to the table. Now that ticks me off. Sometimes I want to say, you know what? I'm not cooking anymore. I'm not cooking do any of you cooks in your home, do you have this problem with your family? Anybody, or is it just me? Okay, so it's not just me. So we can weep together. Yeah. So, so next time you see my son, daughter, and their spouses, you just say, you just say to them, you just say, I have, this, I have this intense feeling that I need to tell you. When you're at your father's house and the meal is being served, you get to that table right away. <laughs> Don't tell them that I told you to tell them. <laughs> okay? Yeah. I mean, yeah. When you work hard to prepare a nice meal and uh, it takes people 10, 15 minutes to come when they're sitting right in the living room, I mean... You understand why that bothers me? If you don't understand why it bothers me, then it tells me you don't do any cooking in your house. All right? Okay. Uh, Here's some other common family problems. Uh, Point point E, uh, teens not doing your homework when you should. All right? Teens. Uh, You know what's wonderful? I've discovered so many of our young people in our church they are so academically inclined, and they really do their homework, and, and I praise God for that. Um, here's something else that sometimes causes problems, overspending, overspending, right? If, uh, if there's some family member that overspends, I know you would not, I know you wouldn't, but someone else in your family, if they overspend, that causes complications in life and in family, doesn't it? So, if you're an overspender, as you look ahead to this new year, correct your ways. No more spending for, you know, buying stuff you you shouldn't. Um, A few few weeks ago, I was in a store, and I just happened to be in the neighborhood of where the televisions were. I wasn't going to buy a TV, I was actually trying to get the um, the staff member's attention to ask about some little thing I was looking for, and uh, anyway. The um, staff member was talking with his dear lady, who who was wanting to buy this. I don't know, 72 inch TV. How big? How big do they come now? I don't know. It was really big. It was a re- it was a really big TV. And so I, I just I wasn't trying to be nosy, but I couldn't help but hear the conversation. And, and she was trying to work out a, a plan of payment for this for this TV. And and. Um, and somehow, I don't know how, but somehow I, I kind of got in on the conversation, you know? <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just happened. And, and, and I, I said to her, I said, you know, it, it sounds to me like you're kind of concerned about, concerned about not having enough, enough money. I said, um, it's, it's probable you already have a large TV, do you not? She said, oh yeah, I got a big TV, but this one's bigger. And so I said, well, you might want to just reconsider whether you really need this bigger TV. Anyway, um, here's another issue that sometimes causes problems. Being disrespectful, being disrespectful. Husbands, we have to be careful to show respect towards our wife. uh, Wives, wives, be respectful towards your husbands. We have to show respect towards our children. Children, respect your parents. Is there an amen in church? All right. Okay, and of course there are many other causes of difficulties in in our families. These are just to mention a few. So if there's something which you know causes regular problems in your family, uh, decide, make a decision to, to change and correct what you can do for the sake of having more harmony in your home. Right. All right, here's a second wish for you i wish for you the discipline of using your god-given brains your god-given brains now this comes out in verses 12 through 20 in the whole story that we read and to begin with to begin with th- those making notes a let's use our brains as to when to speak and when not to speak all right In verses 5 to 11, Joseph told his brothers about some dreams he had, which essentially spoke of how one day his brothers would bow before him. That's what the dream was about. Now, Joseph was old enough. It says he was 17 years old. I believe Joseph was old enough to say to himself, you know what? I don't think my brothers would be blessed hearing me tell them that one day they are going to bow down before me. Now, think about it. Don't you think at 817 he he was old enough to kind of realize that his brothers would not be blessed? You don't think he is? (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. But anyway, I think at 817 he should have kind of realized this. He should have realized it. Uh, But but he didn't. Joseph didn't stop and think how the information would affect his brothers. And so he told them about his dreams. And verse 8 says, They hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. My friends, for the new year, make a decision to better use your brains as to what you say to someone when you say it and if you should say it whether it's to a family member or someone else right a little quiet <laughs> now the truth is whether it is in families in workplaces in schools with neighbors in churches or in hospitals what a person says and how he or she says it can cause so much hurt and problems. Isn't that correct? Recently, recently I took someone to the emergency department of one of our local hospitals. It was very late in the evening. And and at about 2 a.m. in the morning, I was still sitting in the emergency waiting room, waiting area, and um, I was at one end, and then I heard some very serious screaming and shouting at each other from the other end. And I, I, I didn't actually foresee who it was and, and how it came about. I just heard a bunch of shouting and screaming. And so uh, I left where I was seated, went over to just see if I could help with whatever it was. So as, as I got there, I found a dear lady who was just as angry as I've ever seen anyone. And I saw another man. They were probably both in their 20s or 30s. And I saw a man who was just as angry as she was, and they were shouting at each other. And, and uh, I, I never did find out exactly what, what caused the whole thing except, except that at one point it sounded like he had said something to her which she didn't like and, and they didn't know each other, they were strangers to each other and I'll, I'll tell you it was, it was heated it was bad, it was bad and, and they, they, were, they were starting to get closer to each other and, and, and threatening each other and, and um, the Lord must have led me <laughs> he leads me in these uh, unfortunate situations. Anyway, I I went and I stood between them. I said, "Okay, listen. Okay, let's, let's just cool it. Cool, cool it, cool it." And turned to the other to the guy, "Cool it." Well, they just didn't want to cool it. No, they they didn't want to cool it. And 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 I'll tell you that dear that dear woman, I was I was more scared of the woman than I was of the man. I mean, she she was she was ready to rip that guy's head off. She was she was she was. So angry at whatever he had said, and uh, and uh, I, she, she was trying to go around me. You know, I'm standing there. She tried to go around me, and I, and I just hold, 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 hold back, hold back. You know, and she tried to go the other way. I Said, no, no, no. You stay here. You stay here. You stay here. You know. And then the other guy, the the other guy that she's, you know, angry with, he's he's back there behind me, saying, come on, come on, yeah, come on, come on, come on. You know, and and then fortunately, fortunately, one of the other. The hospital staff members came out of the office, came out of the office, and then stood in front of him. And uh, so anyway, this went on for, for a few minutes, a few minutes, and then, and then a couple of the other folks uh, uh, persuaded that guy to go inside emergency to get out of the room to try to cool him off, and I tried to cool her off, and then security, security arrived, and then the Toronto Police Department arrived, and I let them have the privilege of finishing it off. <laughs> Okay, But I tell you that to just say, as far as I could tell, the whole mess at 2 a.m. in the morning started simply on account of something that he said to this dear lady. And I still don't, don't know exactly what it was. All I'm saying, my friends, is let's use our brains as to when to speak and when not to speak. Amen. Point B. Let's use our brains as to when to act and when not to act. Uh, Some of you are probably thinking what you just told us, Pastor Nick, you shouldn't have acted there. Well, no, it was the right thing for me to do, all right? In verses 12 to 15, we read of how Jacob, the father, sends Joseph to the pasture fields to see how his brothers were doing. Jacob was not using his brains. Why do I say that? Because Jacob, Jacob sent Joseph to the fields knowing his brothers hated him. He knew his brothers hated him. So now he says to him, Joseph, go and see how your brothers are doing in the fields. You're looking for trouble. Makes sense to me anyway. Parents... If your teenager is responsible and knows how to take care of a young child, go ahead and have him or her babysit his little brother or little sister. However, if your teenager hasn't shown that he or she can take care of that little brother or sister, don't endanger the life of your younger child. If your teenager or young adult is a responsible driver, Feel free to let him or her drive your car, but if you know that he or she is a careless driver, don't give them the keys. You might say, oh, that's hard not to do, Pastor Nick. I know, but sometimes what you do that is hard is the best thing for your son or daughter or other family member. We have to use our brains. Go to point C. Let's use our brains our brains for safety. Some of you are probably thinking, you kind of mention this about once a year, Pastor Nick. Well, it just, it just is so heartbreaking to me when I hear of so many unnecessary accidents on our road. Just a few days ago, um, not far from here, on, on Shepherd, on Shepherd, I was just uh, waiting for the light to change, and I saw, I saw a young man cross the street. He was, he was only maybe... I don't know, He's maybe only about three meters, three meters, which is kind of like three yards, from, from, the, um, from the actual cr- crosswalk and the lights. He was only about nine or ten feet away from where he should have been crossing, but he decided to, to not bother with where he should go. He started to cross the street about ten feet away and 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 I I saw him crossing and I saw a a car making a left turn and I thought that car is not going to see him just because of cars that were in the way I thought that car is not going to see him dear lord protect them protect them and 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 sure enough the car barely stopped barely stopped in time to to not hit him and and I thought you know what this accident this potential accident could have been a tragedy and it was so unnecessary why because this person was not using their brains it's all it boiled down to walk 10 feet cross where you should and the drivers will see you easily so my friends let's use our brains in terms of safety matters is there an amen in the house amen, amen. here's a third wish I have for us I wish for you a heart of compassion and love. I wish for you a heart of compassion and love. I mean, think about what we read in verses 19 to 21. Let's look at it here. It says, here comes the dreamer, they said, the brothers. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. The cistern was kind of a big hole that that sometimes was filled with water. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Verse 21. But when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. I mean, I, I read that. I read that. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. I I read that, and I'm sure you must read it and think, how in the world, how in the world can these brothers think that? How can they say that? How can they be willing to carry this out? Amen? I mean, how cold can you get? Whether it's your brother or, or anyone else. It just doesn't make sense to me, but it happened. And so I say to you and and you and you and all of us, I wish for all of us a heart, a heart of compassion and, and love. So let us be men and women who pray and say, dear God, dear Lord, fill my heart with your compassion and your love, the compassion and love of Jesus that we read about in In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and in other places in our Holy Bible. Dear Lord, in this new year, more and more fill our hearts with what? With compassion and love. Let it be so. Let it be so. You know, some people have as much compassion as does concrete. Here's a fourth wish. I wish for you the courage to do what is right. Reuben had the courage to do what was right, to stand up against the crowd, in this case against his brothers. Look at verse 21 and following. But, but, but when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. That caused me to say, way to go Reuben! Reuben! Ra, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Ra, ra. All right. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into this empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. And then, and then, and then, this beautiful statement. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him. To his father. I mean don't you fall in love with Reuben. Amen. Yeah you can't help but fall in love. With Reuben for he was. He was a brother. With with compassion. And and love in his heart. And he, he was willing. To stand up against his brothers. And he was trying to. He was trying to devise a plan. To save Joseph's life. My friends, the reality is in this new year, as you have experienced it already in previous years and in this past year, there will be many occasions and many times when when you will be faced with an issue where you either go with the crowd, whether it's family members, friends, co-workers, or whatever, there will be times when you will be tempted to go with the crowd because that's what they want. Or you will stand up for what is right. You will stand up for what is right. And it is my prayer that, that God would give you the strength, the stamina, the spirit to stand up for what is right. Not, not, to, not to stand up in a, in a way that is offensive, Although sometimes when you stand up for what is right, it is offensive to some people. But to stand up in a loving way and to say, you know what, what you're intending to do is not right. I cannot go along with that. And here is the right thing for you to do. Here's the right thing for us to do. Whether it pertains to family matters, work matters, school matters, whatever the situation might be. And so as you and I live life in this new year, let's say, Lord, I want to do what is right. Here's a fifth wish I have for us. I wish for you the spirit of giving instead of getting and gaining. Why don't you read it with me from the big screen? I wish for you the spirit of giving instead of getting and gaining and gaining. Look at verse 25. Then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother? We'd have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Israelite traitors. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. But no, notice that, that line, verse 26. What will, we, what will we gain? What will we gain? What will we gain? I wish for us a spirit of what can I give instead of what will I get? What will I gain? It's really the reverse of what so often happens in this world. Amen? May you and I say, Lord, give to me a spirit of giving, a spirit of generosity, instead of how can I profit from this? How can I gain? How can, how can I whatever? Here is a sixth wish for us. I wish for you a desire to be a joy bringer instead of a heart breaker. Look at verse 29. Verse 29 says, Sometime later, Reuben returned to get Joseph out of the cistern. When he discovered that Joseph was missing, he tore his clothes in grief. Then he went back to his brothers and lamented, The boy is gone. What will I do now? Then the brothers killed a young goat and dipped Joseph's robe in its blood. They sent the beautiful robe to their father with this message. Look at what we found. Doesn't this robe belong to your son? Verse 33. Their father recognized it immediately. Yes, he said, it is my son's robe. A wild animal must have eaten him. Joseph has clearly been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes and dressed himself in burlap. He he mourned deeply for his son for a long time. His family all tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. I will go to my grave mourning for my son, he would say, and then he would weep. I read that. I read that and obviously see that these sons of his broke his heart. Instead of bringing bringing the father joy, they brought him a broken heart. And it is my prayer for all of us, wherever or whatever stage we're at in life, I pray for you and for me, for us to have a desire to be a joy bringer instead of a heart breaker. And so as we face this new year, let's ask ourselves, is there anything is there anything that I do or don't do that I need to change? Are there things that I need to change so that I am a joy bringer instead of a joy buster in my family, at work, at school, In your neighborhood, a church, whatever club you might be involved in, am I a joy bringer instead of a heartbreaker? And then the seventh wish I have for us is this. I wish for you the presence of the Lord. In different parts of Joseph's story, we read this beautiful verse like Genesis 39, verse 2. It says, read it with me. The Lord was with Joseph. I wish for you the presence of the Lord. And you and I can have the assurance of the Lord's presence. How? Well, it begins by us repenting of our sins. It begins by us sincerely praying and saying, Dear God... I have sinned. I have done wrong. I have disappointed you. Dear Lord, forgive me for my sins. And Lord, I believe I can be forgiven because you came to earth in the person of Jesus. And Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins so that now I can be forgiven. And so, Lord, I say to you, Come into my heart. Come into my life. In fact, the Bible records in Revelation where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Have you opened the door of your heart, your life, to the Spirit of Jesus? This New Year's Eve can be a great time for you to open your heart to the Lord. Would you bow your head with me? And if this prayer expresses the desire of your heart, please don't pray it just because Pastor Nick is asking you to, but if it really expresses your heart's desire, then I want you to pray it sincerely right where you are. Pray after me. Dear Lord, thank you for loving me on this New Year's Eve. I ask for forgiveness of my sins. I believe Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. On this special, special day, I dedicate my life to you and I invite invite you into my life. I want and I need your presence. I need your presence in my life just as you were with Joseph. Be with me, Lord in my coming and in my going, in my rising up and in my laying down, in my work and in my play, in my going to church and in my going to work or going shopping, going wherever I go. Lord, Lord, I need your presence and I want your presence in my life. I don't want to live my life alone. I want you And I need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.